If you go back to episode five of this podcast, back when it used to be called The Sound of You, you'll find an interview with a woman named Rhiannon. Rhiannon is a teacher, specifically a teacher of improvisational singing. She's a singer, though, and a performer. But in the context of my life, she is someone who has just been tremendously influential. I have a debt of gratitude for her. I am so influenced by her and how it is that I use my voice, how it is that I sing, how it is that I perform, how it is that I create, how it is that I want to be in the world, how it is that I show up as a coach and a teacher. And yeah, she's a big deal. She's great. She's wonderful. And I felt so grateful to be able to conduct that interview and learn more about the specifics of her life as a singer and a performer. So I invite you to go back and check that out, Getting Free with Rhiannon, Episode 5. But the reason I'm telling you about Rhiannon is because I want to share with you an exercise that Rhiannon introduced me to early on in the context of learning improvisational singing with her. See, most of the work that I've done with Rhiannon has been in a group, and that's really the character of how most improvisational singing work takes place. In fact, specifically, a lot of the work happens in the form of a circle, a group of people standing together in a circle, spontaneously creating for the sake of holding up the circle, dancing between the role of the individual and the group in an effort to make spontaneously composed music, music that feels collectively good, music that feels like it supports and uplifts and invigorates and gives life. And yeah, it's really, really powerful stuff. Um, But early on, I remember Rhiannon introducing this exercise that she called Crossing the Circle. And this exercise sort of perplexed me in a good way. It gave me pause. It made me think. And I hope in sharing it with you, it might give us a little bit of context for how it is that we're going to think about this theme of singing to be seen. See, in the exercise crossing the circle, you do just that. (laughs) You cross the circle with your physical body and you allow your body to move in whatever way your body feels called to move. Now, usually this is in some sort of rhythmic pattern that the group is collectively holding down. So the group might be repeating the same line over and over again. And your job is simply to allow that rhythm, that inspiration to guide your body across the circle. Now, there are various versions of this. One might be that you also solo while you're crossing the circle. You let your voice be the primary guide for the movement of your body, but it needs to be in relationship to this pattern that's being repeated and held down by the group. Now, as you can imagine, there's something quite exposing about crossing the circle. In fact, there's something quite terrifying. And it really says a lot about the person if you watch them cross the circle. Some people will find themselves sort of rushing across the circle. Sometimes people will be making movements that don't feel like they're necessarily related to what's happening in the circle. Sometimes people will feel like they're really creating this lyrical, physical, a supplement to what is already happening that really feels like it even ties the group in together better. 
There's no right or wrong way to cross the circle. There's no better or worse way. But there's a tremendous amount of information to gather in this exercise, both from a personal observation standpoint, but also from a group standpoint, really getting to know the others that you're in the circle with. Now, the reason that you could imagine this to be scary is the act of being seen, putting yourself on display. And I will say that, you know, for a lot of folks that come to this work around improvisational singing, they imagine themselves simply just to be singing. But if you work with Rhiannon, and spoiler alert, if you work with me and a number of other people, you quickly realize that this ain't just about singing. This is about finding an embodied experience, the whole body of the experience of your voice and of your life. And so, you know, particularly... If I come to a singing workshop and I have to dance my way across the circle, <laughs> I might ask myself, what does this have to do with singing? What is the point of this? Am I dancing to show off? Am I dancing to like show that I got skills and moves? Am I dancing to make a fool of myself? What exactly am I doing as I cross the circle? Well, there's no real answer for that. I mean, there could be many answers. But for me, one of my big takeaways from this exercise is simply the act of being seen. And the act of being seen being a necessary and vital component of using your voice with more freedom and ease and authenticity. You've heard me say before that your voice is of your body. <laughs> There's no escaping this. Your voice is of your body. It is the sound of you. It comes from this body that you've been given. And so often we get caught in our heads about the act of singing. We get caught in our feelings. We get caught in our emotions. We get caught in our psyche. We get caught in our spirit. And we miss the fact that all of that is connected to this source, this embodied source, this source of the earth, this meat sack that you get to walk around in. And I just bring this up to you because I've been thinking a lot about lately about just naming this truth that to sing is not just to be heard, but really it is also to be seen. That might seem a little bit confusing at first, but hopefully you'll follow me here and it'll make just a bit more sense. I mean, sure, you can record yourself and people could just listen to you and, and that might be nice. That doesn't negate the fact that to sing, to record yourself, you had to be in your body to do so. I mean, you could stand in a room <laughs> out of sight of others and sing, and they might be able to listen to you and enjoy your voice. But I suspect that isn't quite the same experience as standing in the same room as others and sharing your voice, sharing your expression, sharing your sound, sharing your sound as you sing. See, there's something about this whole package, this whole body, this whole you, the wholest version of you, all of you, that is an important part of what it is to really use your voice to what it is to really communicate and express yourself freely. There's something about how your mouth moves. 
There's something about the way in which you take in air. There's something about the way in which you stand, your posture. There's something about the way in which your feet connect to the earth. There's something about the way in which your energy surrounds your body, your physical form, as you stand in front of others and you make sound. There's something about all of these things that is necessary to take in the full experience of you and your sound and your expression and the beauty that is your story. And this makes sense to me. I mean, it makes sense to me from a technical point of view because from where I stand, the only information I get to evaluate your voice is first and foremost what I hear. And we talk about that a lot. We talk about the sounds that you make. But secondarily, I can't be in your body, right? Like I can't feel the things you feel. So the only information that I get is what I see, what it is that your physical form is presenting to me. I know so much more about your voice when I see you. I was working with a client earlier this week who is fairly new to me and is struggling with a tremendous amount of habitual tension, particularly in the upper part of their body. And how does this manifest? Well, when they're trying to sing, it's pretty simple. Their mouth doesn't move. (laughs) In fact, it barely opens. And this isn't unusual. So many people try to sing without being able to move freely the mouth, which is the filter through which the sound comes. But it wasn't just the mouth, it's the neck and the shoulders and just everything about how the upper torso is being held, that it looks rigid. It looks rigid. Now, if in hearing me say that, what might you imagine their sound to sound like? What might you imagine their struggles to be with their voice? And so in order for me to hear that and know that, I have to see that to evaluate it, to understand it holistically. Now, my ears are pretty good. I can grab a whole lot. In fact, one of the tools that I use often in my work is actually not to look at someone because I like to just hear the sound first and then see if what it is that I see confirms what it is that my ear has picked up on. It's sort of a dance between the two. But it is a body that's making the sound, and so it makes sense that the body is telling us about how the sound is being made. It's telling us about how constricted, how tight, how inhibited, how collapsed, how contracted, how held the voice might be, or it's telling us about how energetically free it might be, how open, how spacious, how expanded, how loose, how flexible, how dynamic it might be. So then it's one thing for me or someone like me to watch those things, identify those things, tell you about those things. But it's another thing for you to know these things in your body. And often that requires you seeing them. Now, for many people, this is horrifying. (laughs) Straight up horrifying. For some, it is there is no bigger hurdle or no bigger obstacle than watching themselves sing. I mean, pretty much everyone says, I look crazy. I look stupid. I can't believe that my mouth moves like that. Or I can't believe that my mouth isn't moving. It feels like it's moving. 
But I just always encourage and argue that this is such an important part around what it is to know your voice, to really know the experience of seeing yourself make the sound, to know the experience of watching your mouth move or not move, to know the experience of seeing the stuckness in your body, or to know the experience of just watching yourself be in complete control and have freedom and how it is that you're moving while you're making sound. So it's important from a technical learning point of view that you are able to watch yourself. It's a practice that you have to engage because it doesn't come naturally to most people. We're not used to this. In fact, even if you have recorded yourself quite a lot, it's a different thing to watch yourself sing. There's a different type of movement, energy expression in the body that's necessary. And yeah, you probably do make some crazy faces. We all make some crazy faces. Think about the faces your favorite singers make. But when you're watching them sing, that is not your concern. You are not thinking to yourself how stupid or crazy they look. You're thinking, oh, this experience of listening to their voice, it's so incredible. It's so special. And the ways in which they're moving their mouth, they're often an expression of how it is in their body that they need to move their mouth to make the sound. The ways in which they are standing easily and freely in the body or the ways in which they're contorting tell you about the ease or the struggle or the resistance that they might be feeling. And you need to know this about yourself. It's very easy to think you know from a perception standpoint, but it's another thing to watch and really connect the dots around what it is that you think you're doing and what it is that you really are doing, how it is that you are when you're really embodied in your sound. Inevitably, you will think that you're doing more than you are. <laughs> what you imagine your body to be doing, what, how you imagine your mouth to be moving, etc., it will always feel more exaggerated than it is. I always, always have to push people further at first, and then maybe bring them back just a little bit. But this is the thing about your perception versus reality. And this is the thing about being seen and watching yourself sing, knowing that it is so important for your growth as a singer. But not just important technically. I think it's important spiritually. I think it's important from a compassionate point of view. See those judgy voices that pop up that tell you you look crazy, you look ugly, how could anyone want to watch you sing, your mouth is doing the weirdest stuff, you name it, I've heard it all. Quieting those voices is such an essential part of finding more freedom in your voice. Being able to watch yourself without judgment is so essential and ultimately so liberating on your voice journey. Because the truth of the matter is, my friend, we really want to watch you sing. We want to see your whole body sing. We want to see all of you sing. And if you can't watch yourself, how are you going to be free in allowing us to watch you? If you can't perform and take in the experience fully of performance, you won't be able to touch the exchange, the energetic exchange that your performance can allow 
between yourself and others. See, being seen is scary. Being heard is scary. Being known can be terrifying. But there's something in us that gets prompted, that feels called to do this. And and somewhat unnaturally, we often want to put ourselves on stages. (laughs) We want to stand in front of others. We want to stand in front of a group and we want to say, know me, know me. And we long to do that with authenticity. We long to stand up in front and just feel like the way in which we are presenting ourselves is an authentic expression of who we are. It's a true expression of who we are. It feels uninhibited. It feels raw. It feels real. And that rawness and that realness, it's contingent upon allowing for the whole package of expression. So not just singing out not just your voice, but the whole body being taken in as a vessel through which the sound flows. You know, another lesson that Rhiannon taught me and continues to teach many singers is to always sing with your eyes open. Always sing with your eyes open. It's so tempting to close our eyes while we sing. Psychologically, this seems to create safety. Then we don't have to really acknowledge the fact that we're a physical form that has visibility. (laughs) And sometimes people try to sell the closing of their eyes as the feeling of the music. But I've grown to think, "Mm, that's not it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to send someone to jail for closing their eyes a little bit when they sing. And certainly I've done it and we'll do it here and there in the future. But there's something so powerful about keeping your eyes open, about the exchange of having your eyes open, especially when you perform. There's something so powerful about looking at the people who are looking at you, this tremendous creative exchange that happens. See, you need them to see you. You need them to see you. Ultimately, this is the thing that will propel you forward. The experience of being known. That is what this voice thing is really about. It's about expressing yourself in a way that allows you to be known so uniquely to you, particularly through performance. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's incredibly satisfying to make sound on your own. I believe in singing by yourself as a spiritual practice. I believe in singing by yourself as an act of personal growth, transformation, healing, and development. But I just know from experience that everyone bumps up against an urge. Now, you might claim that it's not you that I'm talking about, but just hear me out. That everyone bumps up against some sort of urge to share their voice. If you've been working with your voice, if you've been practicing, if you've been singing, if you've been getting better, if you've been trying to get the courage to get up in front of others and speak and just really show up, you got to do it. You have to get in front of others to do it because there's an energy that comes with this. There's a gas that gets put in your engine. There's a light that will light up your fire and you'll want to go, oh, That was scary, but that felt good. (laughs) I felt really alive when I did that. I kind of want to do that some more. I kind of want 
to do that in front of more people. I kind of want to reach further with this music that I'm creating, with this voice that I have. Now, I've met so many people over the years that have the most creative excuses that would make you think that I'm not right in these statements here. People who have like made incredible music, incredible music, but want to only share it incognito, want to hide their image, want to not show their face, aren't willing to put themselves out there like that. And again, I don't necessarily have judgment around that. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I can't help but just feel compelled to try to push them to be visible in the process. I just know that ultimately it will scratch the itch that they're really looking to scratch. They might not be ready for it right now, I know, but you might not be ready for it right now, I know, but let me tell you, it's worth it. It's worth it to put your face with your art. It's worth it to be you as a part of the expression. Sure, you could have, you know, a stage name. I don't care. You could have a moniker. You could have uh, uh, an animated version of yourself. But I just want you to really think about this idea of being holistically seen, known, heard, what it would mean to fully show up. Now, I have another client who um, has had a tremendous fear around performing. Tremendous, tremendous fear around performing. And they decided that their sort of first foray into this avenue of really being on display was going to be in just posting videos of themselves in their social media. And so for some folks, that feels like not such a big deal. I mean, if you've posted videos of yourself singing or speaking before, that might not feel so scary. It might be something that you're conditioned to do. But for this person, it was the thought was like paralyzing. It was so significant, such a big deal. I think we talked about it for a year. <laughs> now, mind you, this person is a gifted singer. This person writes beautiful music. And I was pushing and encouraging this person to really put that music out there in a way in which it could be consumed. And in fact, I was really pushing this person to do this in this format first because I wanted them to just really have the experience of the positive affirmation that I knew that they were going to get. And wouldn't you know, they posted some videos on Facebook and TikTok. The videos actually did really well. <laughs> they got kind of a lot of traction and people were so affectionate in their response. You sound beautiful. What an incredible voice. Strangers chiming in going, wow, that really moved me. And I thought to myself, isn't that worthwhile? Isn't that just part of the joy of connecting? Isn't that part of the joy of sharing what it is that you've been working on and being, I don't mean, I don't even care if it's like one person that says, good job. Yes. Yes, that's being seen, that's being known, that's being heard. And do you risk the possibility of someone saying something else? Yes. Yeah. They could say, wow, you look crazy when you sing. <laughs> they could say, I don't know, this seems like a bad idea. All sorts of things. 
But this is the risk we run. This is the risk we run when we show up in the world more fully. This is the risk we run when we put ourselves out there. This is the risk we run when we want to share the deepest parts of our being. There's always the possibility that a hater is going to (laughs) hate. But is that going to be your dominant narrative? Is that going to be the story that you allow to guide your life? Is that going to be the thing that holds you back? Is that going to be the reason you don't perform? Is that going to be the reason that you don't write music? Is that going to be the reason that people haven't been able to bask in the wholeness of you using your voice? Is that going to be it? Really? Because I've been doing this a long time, a long time, a long time. (laughs) I think I'm about at 22 years of doing this. And I got to tell you, if that fear is the dominant fear, it is my professional experience that it is most often, in fact, I can't recall any time where it's been actualized, where it's been the case, where someone has been vocally critical like that. More often than not, people are affectionate with their responses because you've been so brave. You've been so courageous to put yourself out there. People know that. They feel that. They see that. And the more authentic you are, the more honest you are, the more rewarded you will be with human connection. The more people will watch you and they will go, wow, I feel like I know you more. I feel like I can catch a glimpse of who you are, and it is beautiful. You sound beautiful. What a voice. When are you going to release more music? When are you going to put yourself out there more? When? 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 Look, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying, you know, just get over it. This is a process. I do believe systematically it is a practice to both watch yourself and listen to yourself. It's something that you need to do routinely so that you get used to it, so that you don't have such an emotional reaction. And sure, those little voices will creep up that will tell you you don't look good, you don't sound good, you name it. Some of them are more aggressive than others. But over time, we start to go, that's not what I'm here for. That's not what this is about. This is about me being me exactly how I am in this moment. This is about me stepping fully into that. This is about me enjoying me. This is about me feeling like, man, I have something to offer the world here. I have something to give. I have a reason to show up. I have a voice. And it comes from this body. And this body carries with it the story of my life. And no one else's body carries with it this story. And as a result, no one's voice sounds like this. No one sounds like this when they sing. No one looks like this when they sing, except for you, exactly how it is that you are right now. And that's why. That's why I ask you not to deprive us from taking it all in. Please share all of you. Sure, put your best foot forward. Practice your way into this. Don't traumatize yourself in the process. But bump up against that question of, am I willing to fully show up? Am I willing to cross the circle? Am I willing to be seen? Am I willing to move my body, regardless of how goofy, strange, weird it looks? And what does that mean for my voice? Now, 
the thing I want to offer you, practically speaking here, is when you do start to watch yourself and you feel judgmental, see if you can move your judgment to criticism. <laughs> now, that sounds like trading bad for worse, maybe. But I think about judgment is lacking productivity. But I think about criticism is coming from a place of critical thinking. So ask yourself, is what I see necessary for the sound that I make? And if it's not necessary, is it possible to shed that? If I'm contorting my face when I make the sound, is that something that I need to do? Or if my face is stiff and still and stuck, is that necessary? Just asking yourself with curiosity, does my body look like it's solid or does it look stuck? Because those two things can be similar. Do I look like someone who is inviting of others to listen? Or do I look like someone who's trying to hold others out? Do I look like I'm breathing fully into the whole of my being? Or do I look like I'm contracted with every breath? Does my face look easy? Do I look happy? Do I look joyful? Or do I look pained? Does singing look like suffering? These are all just lines of inquiry. And then from that line of inquiry, you get to experiment, you get to play, you get to explore. And then when you get on stage, when you get in front of other people, you know what it is to smile <laughs> when you sing. You know what it is to exude joy. You know what it is to move freely. You know what it is when you get stuck and you can remind yourself, hey, this feels stuck. I know what that looks like. I'm going to see if I can open it up. My friend, this experience of your voice, it is the sound of you. It comes from you. It comes from this embodied experience of you. And I'm just encouraging you to explore the idea of what it means to show up wholly in that, of what it means to be fully seen with the light that shines from within you, flowing out and lighting up all of those around you. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to open your eyes and cross the circle? Are you willing to be seen? Are you willing to be heard? Are you willing to be fully known? Do you long to be known? Are you aware that being seen is a part of the whole package that is you? Are you willing to step into that risk? I hope so because it's so worthwhile. You don't have to change anything about who you are right now. You are valuable exactly how you are. You look perfect. You sound amazing. And I hope that you can just know that in your inner being. And I hope that there can come a confidence with that. And I hope that you'll just allow me and the rest of the universe to take it all in I hope you allow us to enjoy you just as much as you have learned to enjoy you. Singing to be seen. Until next time. Peace. <laughs>